and gentlemen, boys and girls, you have just started listening to Point Counterpoint with your host, Chris Wright. Brought to you live from KUST University of St. Thomas Campus of St. Thomas Radio. And I think that's just great. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take these off. I'm going to take these off. Because I don't want to wear those right now. As if you could even try. So, I want to start out with a little news that is going on. It has to do with the inventor of the Labradoodle. This is coming from the New York Times. And it says, Labradoodle creator says the breed is his life's regret. I opened up Pandora's box and released a Frankenstein's monster, said Wally Conron, who developed the mop-headed dog. The inventor of the Labradoodle, the ubiquitous and mop-headed designer dog, said that creating the mixed breed was one of his life's regrets. I opened a Pandora's box and released a Frankenstein moth. I opened a Pandora's box and released Ooh. a Frankenstein moth. Wow. Alright. Frankenstein's monster. The creator Wally Conron said the Australian Broadcasting Corporation podcast some of all parts last week. Uh, Mr. Conron, who has been credited with sparking a crossbreeding frenzy resulting in sheepoos, puggles, and more, and I'll, I'll just name a couple, there's the golden doodle, the mini golden doodle, the, the chewini, and more, uh, said so the labradoodle was originally tended as a guide dog, not a fashion accessory. I bred the labradoodle for a blind lady who, whose husband was allergic to dog hair. Mr. Conron said, according to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, why people are breeding them today, I haven't got a clue, he added. For some breeders and Instagrammers, posting photos of their beloved doodles in, in little rain boots and sunglasses, Mr. Conron's comments ranked, rankled, but perhaps the line that cut the, the most was, I find that the biggest majority are either crazy or have a hereditary problem, he said. Amy Murphy, the president of the Australian Labradoodle Club of America, begged to differ. All dogs are crazy, she said. Based in Denver, Miss Murphy has been breeding Labradoodles since 2006 and said that despite some ups and downs, demand for what she called a hardy breed has, has continued to increase. They are quirky and fun-living, she said, but they don't like to be left alone. If they are not challenged and don't have people around, then they act out, she acted, added. A spokeswoman for the American Kennel Club, which does not recognize the breed, said the organization made it a point made a point not to comment on breeds, especially neg- negatively. Every dog will have its days, so so to speak, said the spokeswoman Brandy Hunter. However, that's the reason why we always talk the predictability of a purpose-bred dog. She added, "There is something to be to be said for having refined and done the research to develop a breed." On Wednesday afternoon, the I Love My Labradoodle Facebook group, which has over 27,000 likes, made no, made no mention of Mr. Conron's comments on the podcast. Corey Conway, a Labradoodle owner in Goshen, New York, who is part of the Facebook group, said his five-month-old Labradoodle, Kelby, is so intelligent and gets commands so fast, adding that his last dog was a purebred Yorkshire Terrier. Uh, Some were vindicated by Mr. Conron's remarks. As a groomer, I can I can agree, one user wrote on Facebook. They made smart dogs into crazy mutts. That's the truth. 
truth of it. They are very overpriced mutts, and I've been bitten by oodle dogs the most. Attempts to reach Mr. Cottonrod on Wednesday were not successful. Attempts to reach Mr. Cottonrod on Wednesday were not successful. The world's first Labradoodles in the podcast, Mr. Cottonrod and said he created the breed in 1989 while working on the Royal Guide Dogs Association of Australia. He was allergic to long-haired dogs. It should have been an, an easy problem to solve, he said, no, noting that poodles, which don't shed, were a good choice. But he struggled to find a suitable match. Over the period of three years, I tried 33 standard poodles, but not one was successful. His boss, John Gosling, pressured him to find an alternative, so he could. So he decided to breed a poodle and a Labrador. He met resistance from poodle breeders before deciding to mate his boss's male poodle, Harley, with a female Labrador, Brandy. Nine weeks later, Brandy gave birth to what was widely regarded as the world's first Labradoodles, Sheik, Simon, and Sultan. According to the reports of the time, Mr. Connor sent hair clippings from each of the women to Hawaii, and only Sultans elicited no allergic reaction from her husband. He trained up and finished up going to Hawaii, which was great, Mr. Connor said. But then there's a problem of the remaining two puppies. No one seemed to want them. And so Mr. Conrad went to the organization's public relations department and urged it to tell reporters that the group had created a spell, special hypoallergenic guide dog breed. The breed was a surprise hit. Much to Mr. Conrad's regret, he had created a demand that unethical, ruthless breeders uh, were more than happy to meet. I realized what I had done within a matter of days, he said. I went to our big boss at the time, and I said to, to him, Look, I have created a monster. We need to do something about it to control it. But it was too late. Today, he said, the breed is often plagued by mental or physical problems. Mr. Gosling, his boss at the time, disagrees. It's actually turned out to be, in my opinion, something quite fantastic, said Mr. Gosling, who took in Sultan after the dog retired from service in Hawaii. When Sultan died, Mr. Gosling buried the dog in his backyard alongside its father, Harley. A haunting invention. This isn't the first time Mr. Conrad has publicly derided his creation, which has been taken in by celebrities like Christy, Christy Brinkley, Jennifer Ashton, Tiger Woods, and Neil Young. Before being given by given a Portuguese water dog, President Barack Obama and his family considered a Labradoodle. I've done a lot of damage, Mr. Conrad said, told the Associated Press in 2014. I've created a lot of problems. He said the unscrupulous people setting up horrific puppy mills and backyard breeders who were breeding for bucks were to blame for producing a glut of unstable dogs that would eventually be euthanized. In, in Well, I mean, most dogs are euthanized at some point. I'm just going to mention that. I mean, all dogs die. All people die. Everything dies. In an interview with Psychology Today that same year, Mr. Conron acknowledged that the doodle name was a gimmick and that went global. People ask me, aren't you proud of yourself? I tell them, no, not the slightest. I've done so, so much harm to pure breeding and made many charlatans quite rich. Charlatans quite rich. I wonder in my retirement whether we bred a designer dog or a disaster. I wonder in my retirement whether we bred a designer dog or a disaster. I disagree with the creator here, and I think it was a good thing. I disagree. Because what's the point of creating a dog? Well, I mean, he did it to help people with dog allergies. Well, I mean, he did it to help people with dog allergies. People enjoy their doodles. They enjoy their labradoodles and whatnot. People enjoy. And that should be the main point. And he says that. He opened up a Pandora's box of unscrupulous breeding. Well, that was already a problem. There was already people, puppy mills, all around that just keep, keep dogs in cages and stuff to just keep pumping out more puppies. Like a little factory. It was already happening. You can't blame him. It was already happening. You can't blame him. He's, he's got to stop blaming himself here. He's, gotta stop blaming he's not responsible for every He, the inventor, is not responsible, responsible for, for every all of the breeders that make mistakes and maybe breed dogs that all the shouldn't be. Breeding, you know, inbreeding, that's one problem that a lot of breeders do. 
and we're trying to fix that. That's why, if you really want to get into it, checking the pedigree of your dog, like uh, going back a ways, is actually quite important. Um, or it can be important. It depends on how much you want to get into it, obviously. Um, you can get a perfectly healthy dog without going that much into it. But if you really want to get into it, you can check the pedigree, look at their parents and their parents' parents, the grandparents, the great-grandparents, the great-great-grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. What was that one town I wanted to look up? Um, um Um, oh, there it is, Fairmont. Um, oh, there it is, Fairmont. There it is. I've been, I was recently doing a little genealogical research on myself, and, uh, I found out about a guy named Boaz Fleming. Uh, from all ways back, that in the he he was a Revolutionary War vet, and he created a town in Virginia, now West Virginia. That is well, now it's called now it's called Fairmont, but it was called Middletown. There. But it was called Middletown. There it is. It's somewhere here. Um, somewhere here. Um, yeah, so this Boaz Fleming in seventeen eighty nine migrated to this area and purchased 254-acre farm from Jonathan Bazarth, oral history indicated that in 1808, Fleming made his annual trek to Clarksburg to pay his brother's, his brother's Harrison County taxes while in Clarksburg. Fleming attended a social gathering that included his cousin Dolly Madison, wife of President James Madison. Oh, wow, so I'm a distant relative of James Madison. But Fleming complained to Mrs. Madison about having to travel over a hundred miles each year from his home to pay his Monongalia County taxes and his brother's Harrison County taxes. Mrs. Madison supposedly suggested that he create his own county to save him all that travel. In 1814, Fleming circulated a petition to do precisely that, naming the proposed county Madison County in honor of Dolly and James Madison. Naming the proposed county Madison County in honor of Dolly and James Madison. Naming the proposed county Madison County in honor of Dolly and James Madison. Uh, where does it say that one? Yeah. But anyway, it was eventually changed from Middletown to Fairmont. Anyway, in 1843. So that's that's fun to find out. I actually didn't know the Dolly Madison that's, part. That's fun to find that part out. I just found out now as I was recording this. I didn't know the Dolly Madison part. That part I just found out. Which I think is pretty cool. Wow. Okay. So, what I was going to do now? Okay. So I was going to read. What I was going to do now. A poem for you. Actually, first, before I, I play the poem, I want. Actually, gosh, what? I want. Actually, gosh, what? I want. Is this the one? Ah, yes. Is this the one? Ah, yes. Thank you. 
why I'm playing this song. My love is like a melody that sweetly played you. Till I'm seasoned dry, my dear, and rocks mad with the sun. And I will love thee still, my dear, while stands of light shall run. just played there was a song well actually it was a song based off of the Robert Burns poem which is called A Red Red Rose and of course this is a song by the medieval babes um, and they call it Till All the Seas Gang Dry which is as you could probably tell that's one of the lines in the song I'll just read it here Oh, my love's like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June. Oh, my love's like the melody that sweetly played in tune. As fair thou, my bonny lass, so deep in love am I. And I will love thee still, my dear, till all the seas gang dry. Till all the seas gang dry, my dear, and all the rocks melt with the sun. And I will love thee still, my dear, while the sands of life shall run. And fare thee weel, my only love, and fare thee weel a while, and I will come again, my love, though twere ten thousand mile. So that's just my little poetry corner there. It's a good poem right there. Uh, if you want to hear more Robert Burns, then this one is The Gallant Weaver. Robert Burns. Where Catherine's rule 
Rins thrown into the sea by money a flower and sprinting tree. There lives a lad, the lad for me. He is a gallant weaver. I had wooers o' nine. They gave me rings and ribbons fine, and I was feared my heart would tine, and I gave it to the weaver. But that he signed my tutor band to gay the lad that had the land. But to my heart I'll add my hand, and I'll give it to the weaver. Our birds rejoice in leafy bowers, while bees delight in opening flowers. While corn grows green in summer showers, I love my gallant weaver. Our corn grows green in summer showers. I love my gallant weaver. All right. All right. That's another good one. That's another good one. There was really just one other poem I wanted to do here. There was really just one other poem I wanted to do here. It's called The Culprit. It's by A. E. A. E. Houseman. It's called The Culprit. It's by A. And it says, The night my father got me, his mind was not on me. He did not plague his fancy to muse if I should be the son you see. The day my mother bore me, she was a fool and glad for all the pain I caused her that she had borne the lad. That born she had. My mother and my father, out of the light they lie. The warrant would not find them, and here tis only I shall hang so high. Oh, let not man remember the soul that God forgot, but fetch the county kerchief and noose me in the knot, and I will rot. For so the game is ended. That should not have begun. My father and my mother, they had a likely son, and I have none. So that's not a very happy poem right there. But actually, there's actually a choir song to that that I did in high school. And it's actually really hard to find the song. Like, you can search for that song. I mean, you can find the poem. You can find the lyrics to it. But as far as the song itself, the only thing you can find is just the sheet music for it, which is, and even that's not easy to find. Just the sheet music for it, which is. But if you want to find that, then it's, uh, it's the culprit from Seven Houseman Settings. Houseman's the culprit. A Houseman wrote the poem. So it's uh, the culprit. It's the second one in this set of seven songs. Uh, it was arranged by Richard Peasley. P-E-A-S-L-E-E. But uh, I'll sing it here. And I'm going to sing the alto part as well because uh, it's the only way to make sense. Or else I'm going to miss a whole verse. The night my father got me, his mind was not on me. He did not plague his fancy to muse if I should be the son you see. She was no. Then the day my mother bore me, she was a fool and glad for all the pain I cost her that she had borne the land that born she had. My mother and my father, out of light they lie. The warrant would not find them, and it is only I shall hang so high, so high. Let not man remember the soul that God forgot, but fetch the county kerchief and noose me in the knot, and I will rot, will rot, will rot. Oh, so the game has started that should not have begun. My father, mother, and my father, they had a likely son. And I have none.
the game. Okay. Well, you know, never mind. Well, okay. Well, you know, yes. Well, okay. As far as that goes, I'm done with that topic. And I can scratch that off my topics board. This is the most prepared I've been. I have a list of topics I want to get to. And actually, there's a couple there that I'm not sure. I want to actually there's a get to right today. Let's see. How if I do one more burns? Burn. How if I do one more burns? How about who is the fun one? Burn. It's another Robert Burns. It's called Address to Haggis. It's another Robert Burns. Verify your honest sonsy face. Great chieftain, all the pudding vries. A boon them, a ye take your place. Pinch, trape, return. Where are ye worthy of a grace? As langs my arm, the groaning treacher. There ye feel your hurls like a distant hill. Your pin wad help to mend a mill in time of need. Or through your pores the dews distill like amber but bead. His knife see rustic labor date, and cut ye up with a ready slate, trenching your gushing in trails bright, like ony ditch, and then oh what's a glorious sight, warm reeking the rich. Then horn for horn, they stretch and strive, they'll take the hindmost, or they drive, till a there we'll swallowed kate's bay life, brave, or bent like drums, then old gatemen maced like the rave, Bent Kate's homes. Is there that o'er the French ragout, or Olio that holds Dawa so, or Frikassi wad mak her spew with perfect scorner? Looks down with sneering scornful view on a sick dinner. Poor devil, see him o'er his trash, as feckless as a withered thrash. His spindle shank a gade whiplash, his knee knit. The bloody fluid full or field the dash, oh how unfit. But mark the rustic haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his thread. Clap in his wally, naive, a blade will make it whistle, and legs and arms and heads he'll sned like taps thristle. He powers will make mankind your care. And dish them out their bill of fear. Old Scotland wants no skinging wear, the jobs and luggies. But if ye wish her grateful prayer, give her a haggis. I think that's enough. That's enough, Robert Burns there. Okay. Now for the interesting part. Okay, the very interesting part. interesting part. Now, I have talked about moral very dilemmas on this show before. It was a while well, ago, I but I I have done it. Moral dilemmas on this show before. Um, it was a while ago, but I I have. So done I've it. talked about the trolley dilemma, which is I'll just explain. Actually, there's multiple versions of the trolley dilemma. It's the same thing, just different, slightly different versions. So the the way I like to put it is. You're standing on a bridge that's right directly above a, tr- or a, a track, and right and coming in from the distance, there's a train that's approaching, and right beneath you, there's I'll say you could say a group of construction workers or a group of kids that are standing on the tracks, and. There's no way that you can alert them to move from the tracks. The only way to save them is there's a very, very fat man standing next to you. And you can push him over. That noise is annoying. You can push him over on the tracks and he'll stop the train. Or you can... So the dilemma is, do you want to... Commit an action 
The dilemma is that is is bad. It it is immoral. But do you want to commit an immoral action to prevent another immoral action? Or do you want to do nothing and prevent the one the immoral action of the more people being killed? The thing is, what doesn't really matter is your response. What doesn't to it really matter. What really matters your response is how you reason through. What really matters the d- dilemma. So yeah, and that leads me into a new dilemma called the Heinz dilemma. And what it says is a woman is on her deathbed. There was one drug that the doctors thought might save her. It was a form of radium that a druggist in the same town had recently discovered. The drug was expensive to make, but the druggist was charging ten times what the drug cost him to produce. He made two hundred he paid two hundred dollars for the radium and charged two thousand dollars for a small dose of the drug. The sick woman's husband, Heinz, went to everyone he knew to borrow the money. But he could only get together about one thousand dollars, which is half of what it cost. He told the druggist that his wife was dying and asked him to sell it cheaper or let him pay later. But the druggist said, No, I discovered the drug. And I'm going to make money from it. So Heinz got desperate and broke into the man's laboratory to steal the drug for his wife. And here's my question. Should Heinz have broken into the laboratory to steal a drug for his wife? Why? Should Heinz have broken into the or why not? Discuss. Or why not? Now discuss. I actually find this question easier to answer. I actually find this question easier to answer than the other one. Like the, the other one, well, like, well, for the trolley one, I would say yes. Push him over. Push him over for sure if it's like kids. If it's adults, and then push him over for sure if it's like kids. But you see, for this one, I would say yes. He should. Because here's what I say he should do. He should have a hierarchy of his values ranked. So, and he should put his own happiness first at this point. And at this, in this case, his own happiness is equivalent to his wife's survival. And we're going to assume that this medicine is definitely going to work. So, if he's... If he's able to, and then below those two values, his own happiness and his wife's survival, he's going to have other ones, such as um, his value of not wanting to break the law. That's going to be lower. So it's not he's not sacrificing that to strive for this higher value. He is simply prioritizing his own happiness above this. His own well-being, prioritizing his own because he knows if he doesn't help his wife survive, it's going to be devastating for him psychologically, and so he realizes that his own well-being needs to come first. Who's willing to risk jail, which is lower, on his hierarchy of needs, in order to do this? I say definitely do it. As long if he loves her. I mean if he doesn't love her, if he I say definitely do it. Hates the bitch. If he he has he has a number of of other lovers. Then uh, he doesn't really have a reason he doesn't really have a personal reason to go in there and steal it medicine. He doesn't really have a personal So in that case, no. Go in there and steal it medicine. So in that case Which is why if it was someone else's wife, not his own, he shouldn't do it because his his personal well-being is not at stake in this case. Someone else's, let someone else do that. Let the other guy's wife do this, not him. 
the other guy's wife. He should be primarily focused with his own well-being. He should be primarily focused because he loves her. Love is inherently selfish. That's a good thing. When you love someone, it's selfish because you get you each get benefits out of it. You get a person that you love, and that comes with all of the different benefits of the relationship. They bring things to you. And so it's a win-win relationship, and that's beautiful. Not just of that, but any any social relationship, actually. You should try to maximize your win-win relationships. That's what you should always be trying to do. You shouldn't be trying to be in a relationship where you're giving giving everything you got, being completely selfless, and they're just not doing anything. You're not you're not gaining anything. What are you doing there? You're not. You have no reason. What are you doing to be in that? You have no reason. Okay. All right. Um, now that I've put my two cents in there, let's see what this site um, has to say about the I've different aspects. I'm going to turn the volume down there. Okay. So, this, this uh, so, analysis of the dilemma this puts this, six uh, different stages into account. Stage one, obedience. Obedience. Heinz should not steal the medicine because he would consequently be put in prison, which will mean he is a bad person. Or Heinz should steal the medicine because it is only worth $200 and not how much the drug is wanted for it. Heinz had never even paid, offered to pay for it, and was not stealing anything else. Heinz had even offered to pay for it and was not stealing anything else. Stage two, self-interest. Heinz should steal a medicine because he would he will be much happier if he saves his wife and if he will have even if he has to serve a prison sentence. Or Heinz should not steal it because prison is an awful place and he would more likely languish in a jail cell than over his wife's death. I don't I don't buy the second one. I think he should definitely steal it. I don't. I don't buy Stage three, conformity. Heinz should steal the medicine because his wife expects it. He wants to be a good husband. Or Heinz should not steal a drug because stealing is bad and he is not a criminal. He has tried to do everything he can without breaking the law. You cannot blame him. Stage 4. Law and order. Heinz should not steal a medicine because the law prohibits stealing, making it illegal. Or Heinz should steal a drug for his wife, but also take the prescribed punishment for the crime, as well as paying the druggist what he is, he is owed. Criminals cannot just run around without regard for the law. Actions have consequences. Stage 5, social contract orientation. Heinz should, should steal a medicine because everyone has a right to choose life regardless of the law. Or Heinz should not steal a medicine because the scientist has a right to fair compensation. Even if his wife is sick, it does not make the actions right. Stage 6, universal human ethics. Heinz should steal a medicine because saving a human life is a more fundamental value than the property rights of another person. Or Heinz should not steal medicine because others may need medicine just as badly and their lives are equally significant. Okay. As you can see, I'm still on the he should steal the medicine because he should do, he should pursue his own self-interest, his own rational self-interest. Let me be clear. Just as the druggist should. The druggist, in pursuing his self-interest, assigned a price to that. Now, you could argue that he wasn't really pursuing his self-interest because, because he chose the price that he did, and then now this guy wants to wants wants to won't won't pay it, and he's going to steal it. 
wants to, wants to won't, won't pay it. All right, enough of that. Next topic. Um, I want to get to that yet. Next topic. Not quite yet. Let's do this first. This is a fun one. Home. The place where you create those special moments. We Here's a guy that we had with us a few months back, and he broke it up pretty good. And I said before, he's one of my very favorite country singers and one of my favorite people also. Not only do uh, the folks seem to enjoy him that watch in, but the folks in the crew around here kind of dig Oh, my heart. Gives a beat when we walk down the street. I feel a trembling in my knees. Just to know you're mine until the end of time makes my heart skip a beat. Well, I did a double take today. I met you. My heart turned with and I stood next to you. And I knew right there I never could forget you. For you are my every dream come true. And my heart skips the beat when we walk down the street. I feel a trembling in my knees. And just to know your mind until the end of time makes my heart skip a beat. There we go. There we go. <laughs> this will be fun. Kiki. This will be fun. I'm gonna totally Kiki. suck here. Kobe Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Kobe Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Kobe Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Two trillion pearls around the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Two trillion pearls around the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 Create your monster because nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shady. I'm chopped liver. Well, if you want Shady, this is what I'll give you. A little bit of me mixed with some hard liquor, some vodka that'll jumpstart my heart quicker than a shark when I get shocked at the hospital by a doctor. When I'm not cooperating, when I'm rocking at the table while he's operating. You waited so long, you just observating, cause I'm back on the rag and ovulating. I know that you got a jog, Miss Cheney, but your husband's heart problem's complicating. So the FCC won't let me be, or let me be me, so let me see. They tried to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without me. 
So come on, dip, bow on your lips, jump back, jiggle a little hip, and wiggle a bit, and get ready, because this is about to get heavy. I just said I'll do all my lawsuits. Now this looks, this looks like a job for me. So everybody, just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without me. This looks like a job for me. So everybody, just follow me, because we need a little controversy because it feels so empty without me little hellions kids feel rebellious embarrassed their parents dealing with sister elvis self feeling like prison is helpless till someone comes along on a mission and yells a visionary vision and scary could start a revolution pollution the airwaves of rebels so let's just well i'm basking the fact that i'm killing everyone kissing my ass and it's a disaster such a catastrophe for you to see so damn much of my ass you I'm Ben Antenna Jr. I'm gonna enter into the front of your skin like a splinter, the center of attention. Back for the winner, I'm interested. The best thing since wrestling. Festing in your is nestling. Tension, please. Feel the tension as soon as someone mentions me. Here's 10 cents. She's afraid to do sense you, you sent for me. Looks like a job for me. So everybody, just follow me. Because we need a little controversy. Because it feels so empty without me. This looks like a job for me. So everybody, just follow me. Because we need a little controversy. Because it feels so empty without me. Just get a task kit. I got a tit for a towel with anybody who's talking. This, that's shit. Chris Kirkpatrick, you can't get ass kicked worse than better than little biscuit bastards and Moby. You can stay stopped by Obi. You're 36 years old, bald headed, blow me. You don't know, you're too old. Let's, it's over. Nobody listen to techno. Let's, let's go. Never get the signal. I will be there with a hole. This full of new insults. I've been dope. Dispensable with the pencil ever since Prince turned himself into a symbol. But sometimes man just, just seems everybody only wants to disgust me. So this must mean I'm disgusting. But it's just me like I'm just obscene. Though I'm not. First king of controversy. I am the worst thing since Elvis Presley. I do music so selfishly. I just get myself wealthy. As <laughs> a concept that works. 20 million rappers emerge. <laughs> no matter how much fish in the sea. It'll be so empty without me. It's just like a good job for me. So everybody just follow me. Cause we need a little controversy Cause it feels so empty without me This looks like a job for me So everybody just follow me Cause we need a little controversy Cause it feels so empty without me That was so bad That was so bad I can't even listen Oh my god So bad I can't even listen Oh I God. can't even. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. So, I played the song in my heart skips a beat earlier. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So, I played Oh, and here's another ver- another song called my heart skips a beat, but I'm pretty sure it's different. Let's find out. I just kind of found this song randomly. I don't know, it's probably a different song. Let's just fast forward. That's a different song. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, time for the word of the day. Actually, I've only had one word of the day ever, and it's time for the word today. Of the day. Today Actually, the word is Psy Goglin. Uh it means not built correctly, crooked, skewed, or out of balance. it means not correctly. I could go to an actual dictionary to look this up, but let's use Urban Dictionary. I could go to just because. Psy Goglin, not built correctly, crooked, skewed, out of balance. This term is is common in the Appalachian region of North America. See also Caddy Wampus. Hello, hello. Hello?
I don't think you have the right number. I don't think you have the right number. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was okay. interesting. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah. So. That road up beyond is all Saigon. That road up beyond is all Saigon. Okay. Well, let's cross some stuff off okay. my list of stuff that I was going to talk about. Um, I got a few minutes left I can talk about. This. Well, I'll cross this off too. Wow, I've never answered a phone in this in this recording state studio before. I've never answered a phone in, what? This, in this recording state studio before. What? Anyway, that that kind of that got rid of my train of thought. <laughs> what? That kind of okay. Okay. So, what was I going to talk about? Yes, okay. I was going to talk about. Choirs as a general concept. What I was going to mention was something. This is kind of an awkward topic to start up because it's kind of random, it seems. This is kind of an awkward topic to start up. But really, um, the magic of choirs is there's something that happens. Is like when you start with like let's just take a choir song. Like so, when you start with like, oh, um, let me think of a song here. Um, so, oh, um, let me think of a song here. Um, there. How about this one? I'll just listen to a minute or two of this.
Okay, well, I think I... I think that's enough. I got a little carried away there. So that was... I think I... That kind of... I think that's enough. I got a little carried away there. So that was... That was enough to get my point. But essentially, my idea is... When you start out with one person singing like a choir song, like that... It'll, it can sound good. It might sound bad, you know. It depends on the person. It can sound good. But something happens when you start adding more people, even if it's all one part. So you have one person that's singing one part. And it can sound good. Add a bunch of more people, maybe from the same part. It sounds a little better. Suddenly, you have a bunch of people. Suddenly... Singing from multiple parts. And something happens when you get to that macro level. Something happens when you get to that. And I think that's when it gets kind of magical. I think that's when it gets kind of magical. I can choose literally any song. How about, uh, I can choose literally any song. How about, uh, um, oh, uh, um, how about this? It's the same song, but a different version. There's a lot of versions of that song. It's the same song, but a different version. Okay. Or this one. Okay. Or this one. It's called Poverty. It's a Welsh girl. It's called Poverty. It's a Welsh girl. Okay. Oh, uh, what's another one? Okay. Oh, I wish I could. Mm. Oh, I wish I you could. You know what? I know. It starts out with just a few people saying. It starts out with just a few people saying. I'm going to fast forward to a certain part. This is the Gallant Weaver. Well, that's going to be about it for this show.
I think it went pretty well. Well, that's going to be about it for this show. Um, make sure to check me out wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the rest of my shows. Make sure to check me out wherever Point Counterpoint with KUT University of St. Thomas Campus Radio. Point Counterpoint with KUT University of St. Thomas Campus Radio. Point Counterpoint with KUT. It's been lit, fam. Namaste.